Well, we come to the Word of God today knowing that we are sinners in need of a Savior and totally dependent on Him for our salvation. So we are looking to Christ today. We are seeking to serve Him and know Him better. And today we come to the end of the great book of Ephesians, from which I've been preaching since the first of the year. And here in this climactic word, the Apostle Paul gives us what is truly a priority of his, something that is centrally uh, present in all of his teaching and is upon his heart. And I want you to note how he concludes this great epistle where he has gone to the highest heavens, descended to the lowest places of hell, given to us the mighty word of God, a description of all that God has done. Verse 16 of chapter 6 of Ephesians. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. And let me just conclude there. He has a personal greeting to follow that, but I want to turn your focus now to prayer and ask you if you are a praying person. We talked about the Christian warrior last week and all the armor that you need to stand in the midst of the battle. And the shield of faith we just read about, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Soldiers know how to pray. When you go into battle, You lift your petition to God. Even if you're not a praying person, if you know you're going into battle and you're in conflict, you pray. So prayer is part of the soldier's equipment. It's something you just naturally do. In order to really understand how the Apostle Paul is concluding this epistle, you have to be so immersed in the work of the kingdom and the power of the gospel and the calling God has on your life, that when you get up in the morning and you put your feet on the ground, you're thinking about the responsibility you have to represent Jesus in your world and how you're going to be faithful in the fight. My little granddaughter sang last night while she actually was doing ballet, but the song she was doing it to, all the little five-year-olds raised up their hand and said, we're going to knock, knock, knock on heaven's door. All right. Well, that's what the Apostle Paul is saying. If you're going to be a winner in the race God has called you to run, you're going to have to knock on heaven's door. He's going to tell us how to do it as soldiers of the cross. Now, I'm going to refer a little bit this morning 
to the soldier's pocketbook, which was published in 1865 by the Presbyterians for the Union soldiers. It's a little book that I had in my possession for many years until I gave it to the, the museum downtown. But I recorded a number of things that are in that little pocketbook for the soldier. I said soldiers know how to pray. What Paul says here is, you put on the full army, you get ready for battle to go out into your world, and you pray always. That's how he starts verse 18. Pray on all occasions. It's important for you to know how to pray. Let me read from the soldier's pocketbook. Here's advice to the soldier. The best way to secure God's divine aid in danger is to learn to trust Him at all times. If this is neglected, it may be found a hard thing to turn our thoughts to Him when the hour of danger comes. Many poor fellows have cried for mercy in battle or in shipwreck, but they have felt terrified lest they should not be heard because they had habitually forgotten God before the danger came upon them. Make God your friend at all times, and He will not forget you when you are in peril. There's a discipline here I want you to catch. It's a discipline the Apostle Paul talks about over and over again. Some of you think that the shortest verse in the Bible is John 11:35. Jesus wept, and it is in English. But in Greek, that verse actually has three words, a little bitty partic partic uh, participle. And the shortest is a two-word verse, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, that says in the English, pray without ceasing. In the Greek, it's just two words. Pray always. Pray always. That's the discipline I want to introduce you to now. And if you're going to be successful in your Christian life and in the battle God's called you to, praying always is not op optional. You're going to have to do it. Now, he says here, pray in the Spirit on all occasions. So we're talking about praying in the Spirit. It's not about you assuming a particular position of prayer or having the alarm clock go off in the morning and that's your appointed time to pray. Instead, Paul is saying, I want you to develop a discipline as a soldier of Jesus Christ, and this is it. I want you to pray always in the Spirit on all occasions. Something about your heart needs to turn to God so forcefully, so passionately, that you are praying as you go about your daily life. Now, I like the way the NIV translates this, pray in the Spirit on all occasions. I'm talking about occasional prayer. For some of you, that means occasional prayer. You mean like once a month? No. It's on all the different occasions of your life. You ever think about praying occasionally? Not just over your meal, 
Not just when you do your devotions, but when the circumstances prompt you and you are tied into the Spirit of God to pray about that test that slid in front of you on your desk. That interview that's coming up for you. That fellow who's dashing in and out of traffic in front of you. You ever thought about praying for that person? I tell you what, driving these days is testing my Christianity about as much as anything. I don't know if that's true with you. Since they started construction at Causeway and the interstate, I'm stuck over there a lot of times. It backs up into the freeway. And if God really wants to check and see if I'm patient, he puts me in that traffic. Do I really love my neighbor? And he lets somebody cut me off. The discipline is that you learn to pray on all these occasions. Praying in the Spirit on all occasions. So that prayer is a natural outflow of your life. You're just doing it as you go along. You're talking to God about the things that beset you, about the appointments that are coming up, about the difficulties of your life, about the challenges and the decisions. Brothers and sisters, we would be stronger. We would be wiser. We would be of better character. We would be more like Jesus if we learned to pray in the Spirit on all occasions. If it came, became a discipline of our life. Now, you may have been saved a long time, and yet you know you're plagued with prayerlessness. You may have tried to start a discipline of prayer where you got up in the morning to pray, and that has fallen by the wayside, and you've tried a number of ways to get prayer disciplined into your life. Let me suggest to you a way that is natural, that fits your lifestyle that is beneficial for you in every dimension of your life, that pleases God, that will draw you closer to Him, that will change your mindset about your life, that will help you focus on God in the midst of trouble and adversity. Pray on all occasions. Learn how to do it. Learn how to let the occasions and difficulties and circumstances of life trigger your prayer so that you become a person of prayer when you could fly off the handle when you could make a foolish decision, when you could say something that's really hurtful or unwise. Instead, the circumstance and difficulty has triggered a prayer response that you are disciplining into your life. I believe this is how the Apostle Paul prayed most of the time. Yes, he had those appointed times of prayer. When the trumpet sounded and he hit his knees, but he had learned how to pray in the occasions of life on a daily basis. I believe this is life transforming. This is the discipline that will change how you operate in the world. Paul says here, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. There are two different words used there. The first one is prayers, which is about coming before God. I believe you not only ought to pray constantly, 
but you ought to pray earnestly. The earnestness of your prayers is connected to a couple of things. One of them is your love for the Savior and how deeply and passionately you are connected with Christ in a loving relationship. You need to cultivate that, to pray earnestly with all kinds of prayers and requests. Another thing that triggers prayer is relationships. He says later on, pray always for all the saints. And if you are really tied into relationships, you're going to be praying for people. And you will pray for them earnestly because you love them and you care about them. If there's one thing we know we're supposed to do, it's pray for one another. We ought to be praying for each other. I am blessed by the people who pray for me. I am buoyed up and sustained by their prayers every day. I depend upon it. The prayer support is vital, and it's true not only for me, but for every businessman and medical professional and educator in the room. Everybody needs prayer. So Paul says, pray always on all occasions, all kind of prayers and supplications for all the saints. Always be praying for one another. And the depth of your relationships will bring the prayer support in you. In fact, you'll pray more constantly and faithfully if when you think about the people that you love, you pray for them. Part of the passion of prayer comes from the high sense of calling in your life. When you really feel like you have been deployed into the battlefield and you are in a battle for the cause of Christ, then your prayer is earnest. You know it makes a difference if you're looking for something to pray for earnestly. Pray for the gangs in Taylor Playground at Central Park or in Central City. I shared with you last week that some of those gang members have come to us and said they would give up dealing drugs if they knew how to do something else that would make them a living. And two of them have trusted Christ. We know they need Christ in their life. They need to be saved. But I'm no expert in economic development. And there are all kinds of difficulties and hurdles to have that happen. We've already went by one business and checked it out and tried to think about, is this something that maybe would work for them? And it ended up, it was a scene where they deal drugs. Right there in that spot. So we took that off our list. Do you know the opportunity that the gospel has with this group of young men who are looking for a different way to make a, a life happen and a living? It's been on my heart. And I've been thinking about, God, what do you want us to do here? As these young men are drawn to the Savior, how can we love them in practical ways? By helping them with alternatives to the life they fell into so early and have stayed into so long. When you are engaged in the battle, your prayers are passionate. Oh God, we need you. We need you to, to speak to us, to draw us to yourself. Earnest prayer is relational. 
Earnest prayer is needy. The word for prayer is about putting forth the word to God. The word for supplication has as its root deprivation and poverty and need. So when you make a supplication, it is coming out of the need of your own heart. Now, if I were to ask how many people are needy in this room, I bet you a lot of us would raise our hands. Are we needy? Are we needy? You know, the word, old Hebrew word for flesh is man in his need. It's needy man, needing food, needing water, needing air to breathe. What do you need? You need a friend? You need comfort? Do you need wisdom? You need to know how to relate to some difficult person in your life? Let the need turn into a supplication, a petition. To God. And if you let the need turn into a prayer, it will be an earnest prayer. You believe God can help you in your need? Paul says at one place, my God shall supply what? All your need. How? According to his riches in glory through Christ Jesus. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. I want you to think of the thing you need most and turn it into a prayer right now. Just speak it to the heart of God from your heart to his. Oh God, I need you. That is a supplication. And it is earnest and passionate prayer when it is connected to a true need in your heart. That's the kind of prayer God wants to hear. You know, there are times when God says, Will you quit? Giving me these rote prayers, all these blah, 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 amen. What are you doing with this? God's saying, talk to me, please. Talk to me. I want to know what's going on. What's happening in your heart? Oh, if I tell God what's happening in my heart, he's, I don't think he's going to be happy with me. That's all right. You ever read any of the prayers in the Old Testament? I've had some folks who've been, been reading through some of the Old Testament prayers. They said, you know, I had to skip that chapter and go on to something else. It was just, those fellows were honest with God when they talked to him in prayer. 
They even have a name for the prayer that's sort of the belly aching, oh me kind of prayer. It's the lament. There's a lot of those in the Bible. Why me? Why now, God? What's going on in my life? How long are you going to desert me? How long are you going to be gone? You're going to forget me forever? Does that sound like a prayer you prayed recently? I wish you had. If that's how you feel, be real. It's who you are. We can't hide from God the doubt, the fear, the anger that goes on inside, the bitterness. You are completely transparent to Him. He knows everything that's going on in your mind and your heart. There's nothing hidden from Him. You haven't disguised one thing with all the pretty phrases and flowers and nice plastic smile. He knows absolutely everything going on in you. Prayer's worthless if it's fake. If it's prayed just so people will hear and say, wow, what a prayer. God wants to know your heart. Bring it to him. Pray like a soldier in the trenches, seeking to do his best under fire. Pray always. Pray earnestly, connected to the source of your life the God who is the only sufficient one and your only hope. Pray for courage. I like how Paul ends this up. Pray also for me. Well, he's in these chains. I'll bet he's got sores on his hands and his feet, his ankles. But he doesn't have any prayers about, oh, my, my feet are sore. He says, pray also for me. This is verse 19. Whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I'm ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. He sounds like a good soldier to me. He's not under fire saying, oh, God, get me out of this mess. He's saying, oh, God, give me courage in this day of battle. Can you pray for courage? Praying for courage is not easy. We'd a lot rather God change our address. <laughs> we would. There are people in this room been praying for a different job because the battle's so tough where you work. And I pray for folks sometimes that they'll get a new job because I've been in there where, where they curse all the time. And, I mean, I know what that's like. And God does too. Why don't you change your prayer? Change it to, God, give me courage. Help me every time I open my mouth among these people who are so foul-mouthed. Give me courage to fearlessly speak what is true and right, to bring your name to the conversation, to speak my faith in the midst of this job. God, give me fearlessness to be your person in the midst of this battle. 
Brothers and sisters, we are not going to win the battle for the heart of our city and the souls of men and women if we're always asking God for a new address when it gets tough. We can't do that. That's not the prayer of the Apostle Paul. He's locked up in prison. He's not praying for easier circumstances. He's praying that he might boldly and fearlessly give the Word of God out in his setting. Lord, let me pray like that. Give me a heart like that. That sounds like the early church when they were persecuted and under fire. You remember? And they said, Lord, look at all these threats that we're receiving. And now, help your servants to speak boldly your word. I think sometimes the church of Jesus Christ in America has grown awfully soft. Full of self-pity. Oh, you know, they talk mean about us. NBC, CBS, ABC, they don't like Christians. <laughs> we are people who represent the crucified Savior. They hung our Lord naked on a cross. You think they're going to give you a flowery bed of ease in the golden street? Think who you are in this world. You're not somebody in favor with the principalities and powers. You're out there battling in the trenches for the souls of men and women. You're a citizen of a different kingdom. This world is not your home. You're just passing through. For heaven's sake, do some good on your way through. Would you engage the enemy while you're passing through? Would you pray for boldness? Would you ask God to use your life, your words, your deeds, your attitudes, that he might be glorified in your time on this planet? You're just here for a little while. You can go hide in a hole if you want to. You could pull up stakes and hide somewhere in the piney woods and make sure the devil never sees you. But that's not where God planted you, did he? He planted you in the midst of the fray for a reason. That's where he wants his church. And when Jesus talked about his church, he didn't talk about them down there trying to fend off the enemy. He said, upon this rock I will build my church and we're going to storm the gates of hell. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The gates don't come to you, friend. You go to the gates. That's what God wants you doing in your life. Storming the gates of hell, praying for boldness, walking every day in the Spirit, bringing your request to God, letting your need connect you to the one who can supply every need, and living that way every day, practicing His presence like He taught us to. You say, you don't know where I'm walking. I know that's true. But I know this. Yea. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Let's bow together. Maybe you just need to pray, oh God, give me courage. I need boldness in my life.
Give me words to speak in the darkness where I live and work. Maybe you need to pray, oh God, forgive me for so neglecting prayer. Teach me how to integrate it into my life from this day forward. Maybe you've never trusted Jesus as Savior. What a moment to say, Lord, I need you. Forgive me for my sin. Come into my life. God, we pray today that by your Holy Spirit, you will do your work in us. And we open our hearts to you. In Jesus' name, amen.